And now, live from the shadow of America's mountain, this is Rocky Mountain Revival Radio. Welcome to Rocky Mountain Revival Radio. I am your host, Heath, and with me as always, my amazing co-host, Michael. You know, it's funny. I was going to start today's show with doing uh, an impression voice to open the show, and I totally forgot. But that's okay. Michael, how you doing? <laughs> oh, well, you were thinking about not doing an impression or doing one. I was making a face, so <laughs> I made up for it. Thanks. <laughs> Appreciate that. I'm, I'm well. Good. How are I'm, you? I'm great, thank you. I am glad to be here. Um, and also thankful for uh, Rachel Storm at Destiny Music, giving us a little music to intro and outro the show to. Thanks to them. God is indeed doing a new thing, and I still can't get enough of this song. So if you guys are tired of it, doing sorry, not sorry. All right, so before we get into today's show, I just want to get a few housekeeping items out of the way. Make sure to check out rmr.live for all the latest information and updates about the show. There is a contact us form to submit feedback, comments, suggestions, be a guest, recommend a guest. Heck, doesn't matter if you want to reach out to us, use that form. And if you need prayer, there are two ways for us to partner with you in prayer. The first, of course, is the prayer request form on the website, or you can write us at prayer at rmr.live. While you're on the website, of course, make sure to check out all the Linktree social links um, to the Facebook and all the other stuffs. And if you're watching on YouTube and Rumble, please like and subscribe because that helps us help you have a better show experience. So like and subscribe and make sure to follow us on Facebook for additional content information, which will be posted there ahead of the website, such as the store that is being built for all of the RMRR and Waymaker merch. Yes, it's coming, guys. And if you like today's show and the show's content and feel led to donate to us, there are links to do so on the website, the show description below. And for those watching, I'm going to be popping some stuff up on your screen. And we're going to do it in a different format this week than we've done it in the past. So fun stuff there. And we've got another amazing show for you today. Today's episode is a continuation of the, um, oh goodness, the fivefold ministry topic. Thank you, Lord. Um, we are on part two of <laughs> Part teaching. 10. That's right. We're, yes. I didn't even know where we were. Didn't even know what series we were in. That's, <laughs> that's how prepared I am. Um, but actually, this is going to be a continuation of the teachers. It's going to be part two. Um, and if you like today's show, we encourage you to share it with your friends, your family, your coworkers, your boss, your former roommate, that strange dude at college that still has your number that you don't know why. Share it with them because sharing is caring. And before we get into today's show, we do have a few commercial advertisements. Um, our first one up today is With Love Custom Crafts. And my Ooh. friend Kenzie is just, her business is exploding, actually. She started this off just a couple of months ago. Good. And um, I was actually on a on her God live today Kenzie. for a little bit. Yeah, I was on her live for a little bit today on TikTok. And she was making oh. products for Mother's Day. And so there's a whole line of Mother's Day products. There's some sweaters, there's some cups, some mugs, some other things. Um, she's also got a new line that she launched as far as like all the ribbons for all the things uh, to support those causes. She's got some of those things up. So make sure to check out With Love Custom Crafts. And of course, as you may or may not know, uh, Kinsey and I are working to bring RMRR and Waymaker merchandise such as the cup that I'm going to drink out of now and the t-shirt that Michael's wearing. We're also going to have um, several different tumblers, coffee cups, uh, polo shirts, uh, uh, hoodies, 
uh, I don't know, pop sockets. There's a bunch of stuff that we've got out there now. The site is live for beta testing, so some of us internally are checking that out. In the meantime, keep an eye out on the Facebook page for that. And with that, our next commercial, Michael. Bite tag. We love bite tag. Bite tag is the safest and most advanced pet tag on the market. So we're partnering with bite, bite tag, guys. It allows you to create a personal profile for you and your pet. When scanned, you will get notification that your pet's tag has been scanned. Also, that's pretty good because at that point, you should recognize that your pet is gone. <laughs> right. Well, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> or it could surprise you, you know, and then you realize that your pet's gone. It also gives the scanner the option of notifying the pet's owner that the pet has been found. Let's hope they get. Let's hope they just take that option. Right, like, because why is that an option. You, well, because it, it's interesting. They don't actually have to select that option. You can scan the tag, and then it gives you the option of alerting the pet's owner or not. But once the tag is scanned from the owner perspective, you get a notification that hey, somebody scanned your pet's tag, even if they don't share the location. So at least gives you the warning that hey, your pet's missing. If you didn't know. <laughs> I'm going to scan it and then we're going to have a we're going to have a family edition. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I don't I don't know. I God feel like it should know. I should feel like it just be an automatic send, but that's I that's know. just me. That's just me. <laughs> well, maybe we'll talk to Bite Tag about Are you that. listening? Where are that's your right. partners? That's right. Okay. So, um there is no monthly or annual service uh slash subscription fees, which is amazing. It's just it's just an amazing oasis of no uh codes and uh usernames. Right. and subscription fees and bite tag puts your privacy first bite tag is truly the last pet tag you ever need as an added bonus when you use discount code rmrr1515 you will get a 50 percent discount off the purchase price yes and we believe in bite tag so much that uh, ethan and i use it here for our dog Hera. and so the information you're seeing on the screen through this uh commercial advertisement is of course Hera's profile on bite tag yeah, she's prone yep. to get away because she's a rolled taco. Yeah, she actually she so she'll doesn't, just she doesn't stray far. But on the off chance <laughs> she felt the need to, um, you know, she's she's protected by bite tag, and we feel safe about that. So with that, <laughs> good <laughs> Redemption Squad was out this last weekend, and they partnered with Stratmore Hills United Methodist Church and hit up a Section Eight housing area and. Unfortunately, I was not able to make it, but I know that Waymakers Lily um, and some of the other friends of the show were there, and I heard so many amazing testimonies about how God moved in this uh, outing. It's incredible. They were able to touch so many lives, these provision boxes, and just had, uh, there were you know people coming to Christ, there were people ready to come back to church um and just wow. a lot of a lot of positive encounters and so we're just thankful for everything that that god did with redemption squad this weekend and i i want to say from the the pictures there was i think uh close to 30 volunteers that showed up this weekend um to actually go mm -hmm. out onto the streets and pass out boxes it and, and it was just it was just an amazing experience from every piece of feedback i had so again guys make sure to check out redemption squad's website uh to partner with them to you know if you want to if you're looking for ministries to sow into redemption squad and of course ours uh with love custom crafts uh bite tag these are all places that you know your money is going to be well spent if you choose to invest and with the redemption squad's mission 
of you know reaching the folks that basically society pretty much ignores and forgets is well worth the investment because these guys are doing some amazing things with uh, former drug drug addicts and people getting out of prison, the homeless. Like there's just so many things that that Redemption Squad is touching in their ministry. So I just want to encourage you to check them out if you haven't before, um, and just you know show Zach and Melissa a little love over there. While showing a little love, you can do it in comfort as you walk on over in your fresh Valentine comfort shoes. Uh, guys, I love good uh, segues. I don't like writing on segues, <laughs> but um, Sean and Amy Blake are the owners of Valentine Comfort Shoes, owners and operators. Yes. And they provide such a service um, to you and your, your life and your feet. And I love these guys so much, and they love us so much. And um, I just want to share a, and it's not just a shoe company, it's an experience, like going in there and, and finding the shoes you need or want and getting help from Sean. It's just an experience. It's, um, it is a little intervention of heaven on earth. And I'm not joking. It really is. And you're going to um, encounter some very godly people who really serve extremely well. And so you can find them at Valentine Comfort Shoes. Address yes. below. Address <laughs> and information below. All right. So picking up where we left off last week, and actually, we're not going to pick up where we left off last week, because let me let me just throw some things out here, guys. You know, it is very easy to uh, succumb to the attacks of the enemy, and and Michael and I have certainly had a few in the last 24 to 48 hours, and um, it would be very easy for us to go, hey, you know, we've just had some stuff going on and in, in, in our personal lives, and let's let's not... Let's not push forward with the with the show today and let's, you know, take a break. And, you know, even in my own personal life with some of the things going on with um, the unemployment situation and trying to find a job and money and finances and all these things, um, it would be very easy for me to not come on here and talk about God and talk about how great he is and the wonderful things he's doing in my life and the lives of others around me. Um, it, it would just be very easy to just not. And, and I just want to encourage you today that even in the middle of the storm to try to find that piece of joy, to try to find that praise moment, because, you know, we've been hearing this at church at Radiant for the last month and a half, you know, when we praise, um, we, there's a roar. And, and so, you know, no matter what you're facing, no matter what you're going through, I just want to encourage you before we really dive into the show to, to just, you know, find the joy and to find your praise, because you're going to find that you're going to be able to overcome a lot of things even in the midst of situations that you've never been in before that just suck very much badly. Um, and I'm totally preaching the choir right now because I'm in one of those situations. And I know Michael's been going through some stuff too. And Lily's been going through some stuff. So all of us uh, associated with, with this ministry have been attacked in various ways and new ways. Um, and so again, we just want to encourage you to keep on um, praising, to keep on believing, to keep on finding the joy in these struggles because there is um, an end to it. And, and you're going to find that, you know, God was doing something to you, with you, through you in that season uh, to take you to a better place. Um, and of course, all these tests and trials turn into testimony later on. And so I'm looking forward to some future testimony I can share with you guys about the things that God's doing. Now, having said that, um, again, this is... Um, well, another another entry into the five-fold ministry series. Originally, we had planned on this just being a, a five-and-done uh, 
series uh, because there's there's five uh, in the fivefold ministry. But the teaching episode last week, we really felt we need to expand on some more. And just as a reminder that um, the word teacher is found in the Bible 58 times. Um, the fivefold ministry is talked about in Ephesians 4, 11, 12, and Romans 12, 7. Um, we gave some commentary last week from James 3, 1 about teachers being judged a little more strictly. Uh, we talked about you know the Holy Spirit being mentioned as a teacher. We talked about God being a teacher who's teaching us the best ways for us. And we've, of course, talked about Jesus being the great teacher. Um, and, and the other things we went through last uh, last show um, provided a great framework. But I, I want to start this one. And again, we, we had a plan where we we're going to start, and we're definitely not going there. So I'm actually going to pull up um, a scripture, and I'm going to read it here. And we're going to I'm going to ask a question. And Michael, I hope you're going to be ready to fire back an answer. Um, so I'm going to go to First uh, Timothy 2.12, and that particular verse, uh, actually, I'm going to start with 11. Uh, well, let's go back you go even deep a hint. if you want to. Yeah, let's go a little further, actually. Um, so basically, Paul has sent uh, Timothy out to a church, um, as, as he did in the day, and basically, uh, one of these Ephesian churches was doing some weird stuff, not following the law. And so Paul comes along and is like, hey, um, we need to kind of correct some things. You know, appreciate appreciate your guys' enthusiasm, but we've kind of got off the path. And so I'm gonna I'm actually gonna go back to eight. Um so first Timothy two eight. Therefore I want the men everywhere to pray, lifting up holy hands without anger or disputing. I also want the women to dress modestly with decency and propriety, adorning themselves not with elaborate hairstyles or gold or pearls or expensive clothes, but with good deeds appropriate for women who profess to worship God. Now, here's here's where it gets gets fun. And I've heard this verse thrown around my whole life. A woman should learn in quietness and full submission. I do not permit a woman to teach or to assume authority over a man. She must be quiet. For Adam was formed first, then Eve, and Adam was not the one deceived. It was the woman who was deceived and became a sinner. But woman will be saved through childbearing if they continue in faith, love, and holiness with propriety. And so that sparks the question after reading that verse, well, what about women teachers slash pastors slash preachers? You know, because again, in my experience in the churches that I grew up in, that verse was used to restrict um, basically women in ministry. And yet if you've been anywhere not living under a rock, you'll realize that there are plenty of women pastors in the world. Um, I can, I can think of, of course, first right off the bat, Pastor Kelly from Radiant Church. Um, another one that comes to mind, like her or not, doesn't matter, but Joyce Meyer, she's another one. Um, and I know that there are plenty, plenty others, um, that names are escaping me right now. Otherwise I'd name drop, but um, I kind of wanted to make sure that we address this. So, Michael, how would how do you how do you respond to that? <laughs> um, women in ministry are all over the Bible. Um, I am one of those, and and I'm gonna I'm gonna try and abstain from such speeches as one of those. Um, and my opinion and how I read, maybe how I read is fit is fitting. Um, Lord, how should I start here? This scripture has been um, used without love. Yeah, I was going to say abused without love. As, uh -huh. This whole thing against God's ladies has been, um, God's daughters, has been uh, uh, a bludgeoner 
in the church. I, I don't know of any. I don't know of any one actually who has taught this in love. I don't know their hearts, but it's just um, it's hard to see a loving aspect into this. Um, Heath and I um, believe that women from the scriptures, uh, from a from a familial, we believe in the biblical familial. Um, uh, how God planned a family, okay? How God ordained a family. We, we believe in that with, with um, the woman having a, a gifted role and the man having a gifted role. The man being a head and the woman being a helpmate. The problem with even the word helpmate is that even doesn't describe, that, is, that even doesn't even there uh, describe what the original language there is, is doing. That is the word for the Holy Spirit, that helpmate word. It's the word for the Holy Spirit. So a wife is is supposed to be a helpmate just as much as the Holy Spirit would be um, to God. Okay, so Keith, there's so many angles that are. It's this thing is so open for. I'm not entirely sure how to slice and machete through the Amazon rainforest here <laughs> because there's so much path to carve. Um, and Heath and I will be doing all of that without rewriting scripture. So, <laughs> yes. um, yeah, like, well, I along think... with that, I would say then you have the issue of the Great Commission. And Jesus didn't just commit, uh, command the men um, to take part in the Great Commission. He also commanded the women there and the rest of the women also. Now, I know to take part of the Great Commission. Um, Heath, it's so, like, this is, I don't even... It's tough because I want to argue with myself because I don't have someone to talk to about this. Does that make any sense? Like, I almost would rather go to the scripture or I don't know. <laughs> well, so so here's the thing. And and part of this, part of this from from our perspective is the fact that, again, you know, this verse has been the verse I threw out initially, you know, from from Timothy has been perverted in such a way uh, for so long that, you know, many believe that that the woman has no place in ministry. And that's just not the case. You know, we were talking pre-show in our pre-show meeting that, you know, an example, uh, Mary Magdalene in John 2016 you know jesus appears to her first after resurrection and and sends her out to inform his disciples that that he's back you know and and so he immediately used her for a purpose you know i was thinking as michael was talking there you know esther and ruth and um uh, oh they just a couple escaped me but there's several others that you know again god is used in a profound deborah. way in deborah miriam in, exactly um used in such a, an amazing way in a, in a leadership in a teaching capacity and a in a messenger capacity um in a, I know, yeah, in a prophetic capacity in a prophetic capacity i mean there's just yeah so the the bible itself and, and even something that michael said as we were we were kind of gathering notes was the fact that, you know, Jesus, when he died and paid for our sins and, you know, all of that, he, he bought all of it. And so Jews, Gentiles, men, women, young, old, it didn't matter. Um, and so when, when the great commission is there, Michael's right, you know, it wasn't just, Hey, you guys go, it was, 
a word for everybody. Everybody go and spread the good news. So again, in that context, we're seeing that there is a place. You know, we also talked pre-show about the fact that, um, you know, even there is a hierarchy for submission, I guess, and correct me if I'm misspeaking, Michael, but for, you know, the household, you know, where right. the husband's the head of the household. Let's read it. Let's right. read it. First of all, I'm going to read... Um, Ephesians 4.11, it was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers to prepare God's people for works of service. God's people for works of service. God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. So that the body of Christ may be built up, not torn down. Yes. Until we re all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining the whole measure, the whole measure of fullness, fullness in Christ. So we, one, there is a um, hierarchical, hierarchical thing there from the apostolic down to the uh, teacher. And we're talking about the fivefold here. And we're talking about teachers today. So I'm now going to incorporate um, into our system here. Now we're going to incorporate um, the, this passage. Wives, submit your husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the head of the wife, as Christ is head of the church, his body of which he is the Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands and everything. Wait up, ladies. Watch this. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word. And present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. Hey, ladies, it didn't say that for you. It didn't say that for you. It goes on. It goes on. It talks about how basically men are accountable and responsible for more in their family than the woman is and than the wife is. Right. And and so so in other passages, it is clear we're, su we're to submit to each other, period. And that just has a flavor because we're different genders. We're just different. There's just different things and aspects of life going on there. And we're supposed to love and cherish each other at a very core level and build each other up and submit to each other. Because I tell you what, a marriage with only one submitting, it doesn't matter who, a marriage with only one submitting to the other is not going to work. That's called unequally yoked. So we, we wholeheartedly believe in the family structure uh, that's given apostolically. And then before that, God, before the apostles, before apostle Paul was teaching this to the Ephesians, God had ordained these things. And uh, there was messed up uh, families ever since the fall. And so we got a lot of uh, uh, examples to learn from in the Old Testament. Um, another um, thing that comes to mind, since we're now I'm going to move in our system to uh Priscilla and Aquila. Priscilla and Aquila were a married couple that worked uh, very closely with Paul. At one time, they even swooped up Apollos. He may have not even been saved at that point. He was preaching the baptism of John the Baptist. And he was a very gifted and talented man. And he was a good orator. He could really move and God could really use him. Yes. Well, uh, Priscilla and Aquila are a married couple and they understand quite a many thing about discipleship and they're led to Apollos. They swoop him up. They love on him. They disciple him. And later on, Apollos uh, is noted uh, by Paul in Corinthians when Paul says, um, did 
did did Paul die for your sins? Did did Cephas die for you guys? Did Apollos die for you guys? You know, why are you guys um, making divisions over who your favorite uh, leader is, who your favorite uh, preacher is? Uh, because, and the reason why I say that is Apollos arose further in the church to where that kind of thing would happen. Okay, so, but that didn't happen if Priscilla and Aquila didn't disciple him. And Priscilla and Aquila are a married couple in ministry. And like Paul, they were tent makers and they even worked together in business together. So before I just make a concluding thought and toss back over to you, Heath, um, so, or I'm going to make a concluding thought and toss back over to you. So I, I love a married couple ministering together. It's one, actually one of the most biblical uh, things. Uh, Cephas had a wife. Peter had a wife. Uh, Paul says in uh, Corinthians 9, or is it 2 Corinthians 9? One of the Corinthians 9, that um, do I not have a right to take up a wife like Cephas and the other apostles? And so these were ministry couples. Uh, no, it's not said that Cephas's wife was preaching, and that's okay if she was or wasn't. And um, I would be inclined to say Cephas was probably one of the ones who'd be more... Um, uh, uh, conservative or 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 uh, Judeo in his Christian and and he would but if he remembered Psalms thirty one I mean I mean uh, or Proverbs thirty one that that woman is a business owner <laughs> and and a purchaser of land <laughs> so right. I know we're talking about church things here um, but Heath before I process more because boy you threw me for a loop tossing that over to me um, I want to say that that Second uh, Corinthians um, passage is in context um, of a few things. It's in context of the church. It's in context of the culture. If we were to take, um, it's in context of the ladies in that house, and it's in context of the men in that house, uh, because there was disorder going on, and it is it is about also disorder going on, and right. Paul getting order uh, from both genders. And uh, yeah, the order looked different, you know, for that, that uh, church culture there. Yeah, it did. Um, you know, should we, to, to that point, should we take, Paul's other recommendations, so um, literally, um, not Jesus's recommendations, Paul's recommendations, so literally, should we? Because here's here, here's one thing. I respect women who don't wear makeup, and I really actually do, because I have family uh, of ladies uh, who do not wear makeup and, and wear uh, skirts and and do not cut their hair, and they are, they love Jesus a lot, and they they show the love of God and show Jesus they love him and they have a conviction about doing that. Um, but if that was given to them by a command that they should do that, um, then then how how do we delineate the other um, suggestions Paul has? Should, I mean, the Catholics, Catholic um, uh, clergy don't get married. So they went, they went that way with that one, okay? Because Paul says it's better for you not to be married. Then Paul also says, um, oh gosh, what's another example? You know, people have taken uh, Paul's allowances on, on uh, you know, Timothy needing some wine for his health. They've taken that pretty far, haven't they? <laughs> so <laughs> so um, there's a, uh, I, I, Heath, I am genuinely concerned for the pastor who is so on a soapbox about this item. I have seen it enough to where the pastor is so on, um, so on this item about women should shouldn't uh be pastors that they neglect everyone yeah um they do not they neglect the whole congregation what do i mean michael here's what i mean Heath, how many pastors how many teachers know and and see a spiritual trajectory in all of their congregation hmm. it's more than 
women shouldn't be preaching. It's who should be preaching. It's more than that young man is apostolic. It's who else is apostolic. It's more than Apollos is a really good orator. It's who all are good orators. See, because here's here's where I start to get bothered by this one. The whole council of scripture disagrees. Like many other councils of scripture say the exact opposite that Paul says. And in fact, Paul also says the exact opposite of what he says there. If you turn to Romans 16, verse 1, which I will. Thank you, Michael. Good word. <laughs> <laughs> I love I love uh, Valentin and Bill. That's a good word. And they'll <laughs> say that before people can clap. And then when people clap, they'll go, no, it's too late for you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, that'd be Bill Johnson and Chris Valentin at Bethel Church I'm referring to. They crack me up when they make their points. And they get a slow reaction. I love it. Okay. <laughs> so Romans 16, verse 1, which says, I commend to you our sister Phoebe. Hmm, she's a sister. Okay. Sister. A servant. Hmm, she's a servant. She's She can submit. Hmm, that's interesting. Okay. Of the church. Oh, she serves the church. Okay. Okay. In, in Centria. In Centria. Okay. Okay. Hmm. I ask you to receive her. In the Lord, in a way worthy of the saints, <gasps> and give her and to give her any help she may need from you. Hmm. Wow! I wonder if teachers and pastors neglect women because of of a milky, at best, doctrine. I wonder if and and again, I'm not talking about family structure, and I'm not talking about there's some family structure that goes on over into the church, of course, because if you're a married woman and you're in leadership. Our, your husband is a part of that also. And if any any married woman in leadership would be telling, I mean, any honest woman would be saying this. So I ask you to receive her in the Lord in a way worthy of the saint. Hmm. Is your non-reception of women pastor and teacher, is your non-reception of the rest of your congregation, therefore, is that, are, is that a worthy of the saints? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control? Man, if they didn't welcome Phoebe, Paul would have heard about it eventually. <laughs> um, give her any help she may need from you, for she has been a great help to many people, including me. So she spent some time with Paul. She spent some time serving Paul. She spent some time um, in his ministry. And he probably affected her into the church of Rome. He sends Phoebe. That's an apostolic send out. That's like Timothy going. That's like Titus going. If we were to take literally what the 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 um, advisement to Titus in in uh, to the people of Crete, the people of Crete were known had a reputation, even the people in the church, for being bad people and lazy and other other bad traits. Paul's advice to commandment really to titus is rebuke them so that they can move on in the lord essentially right and he says rebuke them harshly so every time you think someone is uh up to no good or lazy or whatever do you just go up to them and rebuke them harshly because paul says it'll get you know they'll get better and they'll serve the lord more and they'll be better christians no we don't do that we enter into a loving relationship with uh people that come along you know we don't have to enter into a loving relationship with anybody but, or with everyone, but I want to go down further, Heath. I know I'm preaching. I want to go down further uh, in Romans 16. It says, greet Priscilla and Aquila. Oh, they're back. My fellow workers, fellow workers in Christ Jesus. They risked their lives for me. Not only I, but all the churches, all of the churches 
of the Gentiles are grateful to them. Greet also the church that meets in their house. Okay, so we have a married couple who Paul calls fellow workers, and they're having a church meeting at their house. So they're pastoral, they're teaching, and they're apostolic. Not saying they have to be apostles, but they're definitely pastoral, and they're def- definitely, te- and and they probably gleaned from Paul, and Paul definitely gleaned from them. And um, and the church was better for their leadership. Um, Heath, before we move on to other women examples, and give me thoughts. I actually have a couple. I, I made notes here as you were talking. So one thing that we talked about pre-show and that that you kind of referenced here, um, but didn't actually say the word um, when we're talking about um, you know couple uh, couple pastors, you know when their husband and wife are are preaching and teaching together, and that is a, another form of discipleship. Um, and and so you know I, I, Michael said it. I think back in the pastors episode that you know we weren't intended to be alone if if we're preaching if we're teaching um you know if we're evangelizing you know any of these things if you look at the examples in the bible jesus sent them out in pairs for a reason and and so there is strength in numbers there's the fact that you know i, I was just even thinking it may or may not apply but like even just the concept of prophecy you know like when you've got one prophet he's only going to get typically part of a word um a part, so, a part we not prophesy in part and we know in part right and so you know we each get a different piece of the puzzle we're able to confirm the word is true or not true based on what we're receiving and so the same the same measure i believe applies um in this context here that when you're being sent out together that your your strengths and your weaknesses are going to be complementary to one another so that you're you're able to more effectively preach teach evangelize whatever it is you're being sent out to do the other thing that i wanted to make sure that we talked about because again this is a teaching episode <laughs> In in our teachings, as you're preparing teachings, make sure that you're not taking the Bible out of context. And that's, again, where this verse in 1 Timothy 2 has been completely pulled out of context to fit a specific narrative. That is to try to limit or prohibit women from holding a pastoral teaching position. And only specific denominations in the church, too. Right. Right. So, and if you look at the context, the context of what's happening in this situation, and you look at the whole picture, you realize that this was a word for this church in Ephesus that needed some correction. It needed some redirection because they started going out, got sidetracked in a big way. Paul had to come in and go, hey, great. You know, you guys were doing great, but now we've got to we've got to correct some things. We've got to fix some things because some stuff's happened. You guys are going astray. There's been some sin. There's been some stuff, you know, whatever it is. Uh, and if you look at a lot of Paul's letters, they're kind of like that, where he starts off, you know, hey, great job, greeting you with love and all these amazing things. And then you're going to kind of get a hand smack and he's going to follow it up with some love again. Um and, and so this is no different in, in Timothy, where Paul is sending Timothy to help deal with this problem until Paul himself can come to this church. So again, we want to let the scriptures interpret the scriptures, but we also want to, as we're reading and preparing messages, as we're learning and looking at things, make sure that we're getting the context. Because again, right. this, and, and, and again, that's why this, this particular verse in Timothy has been taken out of context and abused and misused because it's being used to try to fit a narrative that is not what was actually going on. 
if you look at the whole passage there, Paul's is issuing corrective measures for a specific church for a reason, not right. saying and that the, all women. Have, yeah. You have other Paul, uh, Pauline counsel to that goes against, I mean, we just read one of them. Um, you know, Heath, what gets me about this is um, the pastor and the teacher is a Western church thing. Um, there is a hierarchy of service. And I say that with the kingdom is upside down. So if you're, if you're an apostle, you're serving deeper. If you're a prophet, you're doing more foundational work like the prophet, uh, the apostle would be doing. If you're a pastor and teacher, yeah, you're at, more at the, uh, if you're an evangelist, you're at the building a church level. Um, if you are, if you're a pastor, teacher, you're at the church level. And Jesus said, those who are least in the kingdom, okay, are, are uh, th- sorry, those who are least in, on earth will be greatest in the kingdom. Okay, so the kingdom is, the kingdom hierarchy is upside down. So I'm not claiming that apostles are superheroes and stuff like that. In fact, apostles and prophets, um, and even Stephen the evangelist will lump him in there. Apostles, prophets, and evangelists are called to die. So we've looked at that. I want to say that discipleship is a must. And we're not making converts, we're making disciples. So another thing I want to say is women are teachers and pastors in other places in society. Uh, just not allowed in some churches, though, Heath. Right. And that's a, that's a shame because some of these pastors had a really good woman teacher that taught them in elementary school, middle school, high school. And whether they're a Christian or not, that gift comes from the Lord. I'm so, glad. Spiritual I'm gift. so glad you said that. The spiritual gift of teaching and preaching comes from the Lord, whether they're a Christian or not. Okay, so at, when I break it down, when I see excellent women teachers and women uh, preachers in other areas in society, what really gets me and what makes me stammer out of frustration and a real deep care about this issue because I'm called to make disciples and bring discipleship to the church. And, and so that others can disciple truly and actually, like the Bible uh, gives us many uh, lessons in discipleship. And pastors who seem to hold this are not discipling. And at the end of the day, they're missing the men and the women. They're missing the boys and the girls who are heavily anointed, heavily anointed because these days the spirit is being poured out. And when the spirit is being poured out, gifts and scripture and not only just tongues and prophecy, but context of that is being poured out. Scripture and context of that is being poured out. Power is being poured out. And this religious Phariseeism spirit that would do this to men and women, these people in these pulpits, they have no idea what's in their, what's in their flock because they have a religious cap that blinds them. Because at the end of the day, Heath, you're arguing for a job. Right. Because it's, oh, yeah, it may not be your job. Like, there's a woman teacher somewhere else at a seminary or a Bible college or college or a doctor here or a doctor there. And it's mind-blowing that these guys are so focused on defending an office in a building. 
not an actual spiritual office, but an office in a building. So that's when it comes down to it. For me, it's about their job and it's about being in control. And it is not about discipleship. It's about stomping on others. You know, I, I just want to go back really quick. I'm so glad you made that point about uh, female teachers. And I, you know, we, we've talked about this for a couple of weeks now. And just thinking back at some of the teachers that were more effective in my life. Now, that's not to say I haven't had great male teachers, but some of the most effective teachers in my life were my female teachers. And and yeah. I, I've had great male teachers. Don't get me wrong. But when I yeah. think about the ones that were life-changing and made a huge impact, they were very strong female teachers that taught with kindness and compassion and empathy and love. And I see some discipleship happening in some females that, with some females in our area. And I see a greater sense, and I, I'm going to be bold in this because I, I see a great sense of love and kindness and compassion and sometimes, you know, grace and mercy extended, um, more between that discipleship between these women than I sometimes do between some of us guys that are doing it. And it's not to say that we're not engaging out of love or empathy or compassion, kindness, and you know, all those things. But there's, at least in this move right now that I'm watching, there is such an intense Christ-like love being poured out among these women um, who are lifting each other up, who are teaching each other who are you know just engaging in discipleship in a way that just sometimes blows my mind and i'm i'm actually i like i said i'm just glad you you brought up that point um because again teaching i think for a lot of the folks in my life growing up it was a a a god thing an anointed thing a calling that they were teachers and to this day, I still remember their names. I remember their faces. You know, I remember that they took the time to care and to spend extra stuff to because they saw something in me to mm-hmm. to get me to another level, to challenge me in a different way, um, to get me to think in a different way. And you know, I well again, while I had some amazing male teachers, it's it's these women teachers that that I see as milestones, as kind of like, you know directing me in a different way or bringing me to a different level in things than than what I was getting from my male teachers at the time. So very glad that, that we, we made that point. Another neglected attribute, even amongst the church all over, uh, in every denomination, in every, every non-denomination, in every, almost every apostolic church, uh, every Pentecostal church, um, the biblical principle of two being sent out and then dual preaching and teaching is not happening. So discipleship isn't happening. Dual preaching and teaching isn't happening. Hey, if you have a problem with one woman being up there all by herself, maybe she's not the best public speaker uh, and she's in leadership or whatever. Get her husband up there with her. Get, get another pastor up there with her. Maybe practice dual preaching and teaching and see how the Holy Spirit moves with the both of you. But that isn't that is a thing that happens all over the New Testament. Priscilla and Aquila is just another example. Right. Um, Paul and Barnabas, Paul and Silas, Peter and Paul. <laughs> right. Um, it's all over. And we don't see that, but why are we so hmm. let's read it let's read a piece of scripture. Uh John eight thirty six. I, I have I know the Lord would love to um start us out in a place of freedom. Because what we're seeing here is is anti-freedom, not just from women, but from the whole, many are getting neglected, not just the women, 
Uh, John 8, 34. I'm going to start at 34, Heath. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. <laughs> we could preach a whole show on that. Pretty much. Now, a slave has no permanent place in the family. Wow. If you're acting out of sin and slave nature, you have no permanent place in the family. But a son belongs to it forever. So we would love to be starting out from a place of sonship because we belong forever. Okay, watch what happens. Let's stack. Belongs to it forever. Okay, so so if the son set, sets you free, if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Okay, I know you are Abraham's descendants, yet you are ready to kill me because you have no room for my word. Okay, pastors and teachers, if you are starting out in a place of subtle condemnation, not subtle condemnation to anyone in your church, you, I wonder if you're free. I wonder if you're free because sonship sounds different when talking to a sister. You want the kingdom to advance through every single person in your congregation. Yes. If it's not, you need to figure out, is it a you problem, a their problem, a their world problem. Let's make it not a you problem because you're held at a higher accountability level, a higher standard from Jesus himself. Yep. <sighs> okay. James, James 3, 1, you're going to be judged more, uh, more strictly for what's going on in your, in your church with your flock. Uh, you're responsible for their eternal uh, presence in the kingdom. And if you're coming from a place of, not entirely free on your part um, or limiting uh, your preachings and teachings because, you know, you don't want to offend people or you want to preach happy messages to keep people in the seats. Um, you're going to have to give account for that. Uh, and so again, just a, a gentle warning for you there that, um, you know, this is a heavy responsibility that you've got, but you were given it for a reason. And, and it's so great that again, it, um, I'm glad we brought into this, you know, if the sun sets you free, you're free indeed. Um, because we all technically start at a point of that. If, as soon as we accept Jesus, you know, he, he bought our, 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 our stuff, cleansed it, wiped us clean. We started fresh. So we started from a place of freedom in reality. Jesus. Yes. Go ahead. Heath. sorry. No, 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 go ahead. Jesus loves the mother-in-laws. Jesus loves the moms. Jesus loves the sisters. Jesus loves freedom so much that Galatians 5.1 says, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Mark my words, I, Paul, tell you that if you let yourselves be, oh, I was tempted to insert, <laughs> circumcised, Christ will be of no value to you at all. Guys, watch, wa watch yourself on what... Um, doctrines of men you up uphold higher than christ again i declare to every man who lets himself be circumcised that he is obligated to obey the whole law you who are trying to be justified by law have been alienated from christ you have fallen away from grace but by faith we eagerly await through the spirit the righteousness for which we hope for in christ jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love okay galatians 5 7 this is one of the scriptures we wanted to get to tonight um you were running a good race who cut in on you and kept you from obeying the truth that kind of persuasion does not come from the one who calls you 
a little yeast works through the whole batch of dough. I'm confident in the Lord that you will take no other view. Okay, when we systematically look at the combo of 834, John 834 to uh, 37, and Galatians 5-7, which Galatians 5-7 says again, you were running a good race who cut in on you and kept you from obeying the truth. And John 8, 34 through 37 says, again, I tell you the truth. Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Remember Galatians 5 and really all of Galatians is about it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by yoke of slavery. Jesus is saying to the Pharisees in this, uh, in this uh, episode here. I tell you the truth, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I know you are Abraham's descendants, yet you already you are ready to kill me because you have no room for my word. I want to have room for God's word if it came out of a woman. What that looks like, that's kind of up to God. God is usually really good in honoring his own word. <laughs> what I find is... It's doctrines of demons and doctrines of men that would mess with that. Because Priscilla and Aquila happened and was ordained to disciple Apollos. And that happened. And it was good. And it was legal. And it was loving. Okay, Discipleship happened between Paul and, and, and uh, Phoebe enough for her to be sent out with apostolic commendations. That if y'all don't treat her as if you treated me, like you're not receiving her worthy of, of a saint's reception. Um, Heath, can you help me here? It, I don't, I don't know that I can help you here. Actually. I, the whole time I, I just, I guess this last little bit as you were talking, I just kept, kept hearing the words I say at the end of every show, you know, about making sure you're in a good Bible preaching, Bible teaching, Holy spirit filled church. Um, and if that just happens to be led by a woman, so be it, you know, it doesn't matter um who's preaching as long as they're preaching the word and they're not editing it for whatever reason they're preaching the truth as it is written um and so that he to that point i i have to jump in here and i'd say if it if it was me my personal conviction about this if it was me and it was a church pastored by a woman okay i would love to meet her husband and ask how their marriage is going right i'd love to have that i'd love to have that freedom to do that um if the woman was single I would love to know, I would love to hear uh, stories or testimonies from the staff and from uh, the uh, the church government. You know, I, uh, I would love to hear how they work together, you know? So, because we have to submit to somebody, all of us, men and women. Right. So, so uh, women should feel free to go and ask how their pastor submits to the, her, uh, his wife, because that's biblical. They should be wanting, they should be looking for testimonies of how good it is to work with this pastor and how this pastor serves. That's biblical. So it's, it goes both ways. Right. But that's just me personally on, on my conviction. I'm like, so if I did attend a church and I don't, but if I did it, okay, we go to a, we go to a house, a house church, uh, our friends do a house church and they're a lovely couple and um, we love them dearly. And they're another power couple. <laughs> so Radiant is a power couple led like Priscilla and Aquila led church. This other house church, house plant, church plant is another power couple led church meaning they're both gifted in leadership but they both work as a team and they both like they just flow with each other and it's just powerful and they also submit to both they submit to each other right it's it's such a novel idea isn't it well and the wow. and again the 
in addition to submission, but the love they have for one another and the respect right. they have for one another is beyond obvious to anybody who walks in the room. Um, they truly 100% support each other. They, um, the Holy Spirit flow when they're engaging together is incredible um, to watch them feed off of one another uh, to, to preach or evangelize or even engage in, um, Oh, what was the word I was going to say? Discipleship, not discipleship, uh, deliverance. Thank you. There, there it deliverance. was. There it was. Wow. Okay. That was hard. Um, but watching <laughs> them engage in deliverance, how they, they feed off of one another. Like it, it is so incredible to see that kind of biblical relationship, um, and leadership um, in this, in this church plant. Um, and it's just incredible to watch. Um, and, and there's no, yeah. there's no like, you know, judgment or weird glances or anything. If, if she starts with the mic and starts talking and starts going on to something, there's, it's, no oh yeah, it's all doing, spirit led. Like it's all Anyone 100%. on the mic is spirit led. Yeah, oh my it's, goodness. Yeah. It's all 100%. Like, in yeah. in that whole discipleship realm, in the whole flow of the Holy Spirit, like it's just an amazing experience. And so for me, um, you know, I don't have a have an aversion to to women teaching and preaching. Um, I just felt it was important as we were going down this topic. I was I was doing some kind of solo planning before Michael and I's meeting today, and it's interesting kind of the direction that I went through some things researching. You know the second episode of teaching, um, kind of seeing that, you know, I started off with looking at a lot of scriptures that we're talking about uh, uh, going against false teaching. And then I wound up in this whole other realm of the question of, well, what about the the woman teachers? And and so again, things did not go the way that we had planned with this with this episode. But um, I think there's, there's some more we can garner from, I don't know, do you want to dive into the the Hebrew scripture at this point, or do you want to hold off on that or uh, what Hebrew scripture Hebrews five? Oh no. no I need okay. one. I need to say one more thing on Galatians okay. five, seven. Okay. He's saying who cut in on you pastors and teachers. So if you were putting anything, any legalism, any religious cap, any doctrine of man in front of God, Paul's question is you started in faith. You started accepting Christ in faith. By grace, you know, grace through faith, okay? You started in that free reception of Christ to make him your Savior and your Lord. Mm. What happened? Who cut in on you? And I'll say this to the ladies who have been affected by ministers and hurt by ministers who they have been neglected. They've been neglected only by ministers, but maybe even men in their life, like the husband or maybe their dad. They were raised in this church system. Who, who cut in on you, ladies? Who cut in on you? Return back to your first love. Return back to your first love. Freedom in Christ. The gospel is good news. It's not, oh no, I have to go to this church again. News. Right. The gospel is good news. So who cut in on you? When did it change? Here's what Paul says about those people that would cut in on you. I'm confident in the Lord that you will take no other view. The one who is throwing you into confusion will pay the penalty, whoever he may be. Brothers, if I am still preaching what you heard in church, ladies, why am I still being persecuted? In that case, the offense of the cross has been abolished. As for those agitators who would cut in on you, ladies, and young guys and gals who are being stifled and not discipled, 
stifled and not discipled. That was the Holy Ghost. <laughs> As for those agitators, I wish they would go the whole way and emasculate themselves. Here's Paul's point. I want those who would stop your growth. Jesus said, let the little children come unto me. Do not hinder them for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. So some some ladies and some, you don't have to be young to be a young saint. You don't have to be old to be a young saint either. You get my point. Um, if you are a babe in Christ, you are one of those that Jesus said, let the little children come to me and don't hinder them for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Anyone who does not know their uh, a full expression of their identity in Christ is young. Anyone who has not been discipled yet is young. I don't care if you're 99 and you haven't been discipled your whole life. You missed out on a major chunk of the faith right. because of a disservice and a, a lackadaisical attitude towards discipleship in the church. Paul says, I wish those people who cut in on you and give you a doctrine of man that would stifle you. I wish they would go the whole way and cut off their balls. They should have no remorse. They should not reproduce spiritually or physically because they're making a line of mess in the church. Heath. So as you were making that point, I, huh, well, this is going to be a bold statement. So if you are leading a church and I get that that's your job, Okay. Um, I am going to encourage you strongly right now because one of the things I saw as Michael was, was rereading that scripture of, you know, who cut you off kind of a thing. Um, your deacons, your board, um, you need to have a spine and be able to stand up to them because you're responsible to teach the word of God. Okay. Not preach a fluffy, happy sermon, not take bits and pieces of scripture to fill a narrative, you are to be preaching and teaching the word of God. And so if it's your board, if it's your, your elders, um, you know, you need to be able to stand up and say, I am doing the Lord's work. Okay. Um, and that means that we need to be teaching these th principles. We need to be demonstrating discipleship in our church. We need to be allowing for the fivefold to operate. We need to be recognizing in the women gifts. and the men. We need to, exactly in, in both the women and the men. It's not a, Heath, a, a what if, thing. what if the pastor had a full congregation of apostles? God could do it. Right. What if he had a full, and he was the one responsible for not sending any of them out. That's what we're talking about here. Right. In the women and the men, there are women apostles and women uh, and, and, and men apostles. And th maybe they're young in Christ and they don't know it yet. But they need to be discipled into yes. Christ, into the image. He was the apostle of apostles. He was the teacher of teachers. We need to be discipled into him, in sanctification, into the image of him. Because the church needed, needs to do what the church has to do, was made to do. We came out of Christ's side on the cross for what? So that we can just talk about uh, Heath. <laughs> well, again, I I just really I and I don't know that I put the conviction on me into into justice for the words I spoke, but I really felt so strongly, you know, about I felt it. about the um, being able to stand up, you know, and again coming against, um, you know, if you're misrepresenting the word, then you're false teaching, and that's not going to be a good end result for you either. Um, and, and so I just want to encourage you again, just to stand up, to be bold, to speak the truth. And that is 
biblical truth of Jesus Christ and nothing else. That is what should be coming from your mouth. Every opportunity you're in front of the mic in your church, whether it's a worship service, whether it's a Sunday service, whatever it is, a prayer service, prayer meeting, doesn't matter. If if the, the word is being manipulated or altered in any way, if it's being taken out of context, if you are being forced to preach certain messages to keep your job, you need to stand up to that because God's going to have your back. He doesn't want you out there teaching falsehoods and half-truths. Yeah, even if you get fired. Yeah. Now, have you been a pastor for hire? Mm. So, hey, he. Let's yeah. go to let's go to uh, Mary and the Lord on the road. Okay. Uh, John twenty uh, verses ten through eighteen. John twenty verses ten through eighteen. Then the disciples went back to their homes, but Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb, and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus's body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there. She did not realize that it was Jesus. Woman, he said, why are you crying? Who is it you were looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary, she turned toward him. Wow, she wasn't even looking toward him. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, do not hold on to me, for I have not yet returned to the Father. Go instead. Go. He says, go. He says, go instead to my brothers and tell them, hmm, tell them, I am returning to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary of Magdala went to the disciples with the news. I have seen the Lord, and she told them that he had said these things to her. One of the first apostolic moves in the New Testament is Mary Magdala, Mary Mag, Mary the Magdalene, okay? She is told, go. Okay, first of all, she sees after the resurrection, Jesus. She sees him after the resurrection. She has an encounter with him in, in his resurrected body. She has a discussion with him. He calls her on a mission. He sends her out. He Heath, is there any other like action phrases I can like try and convey to make more hints here? No, I think you're I think you're actually making your point quite well. Go instead to my brothers. So it's a call to the church. It's an absolute call to the church. And tell them, I am returning. This is the this is the gospel. She goes and sends the brothers the gospel that Jesus is alive and he's returning to the father and your father, to my God, to Jesus's God, and to your God, the sisters and the brothers God. Mary of Magdala went. So she was sent and she went to the disciples with the news. So she had the good news. She went to the disciples, the brothers with the good news. I have seen the Lord. That's an apostolic proclamation right there. Um, prophetic. Yeah apostolic more so <laughs> hmm. i have seen the lord and she told them and she told them that he had said these things to her so she told them with authority because she was given authority to go and tell them keith any thoughts on what we're seeing there in the scripture because of holy spirit thank you holy spirit um i again i you're well i'm kind of doubly focused here because I'm, I'm still kind of having some emotion from that 
from that little word of, of warning I just gave. Um, but I'm also just visually seeing, you know, uh, Jesus before the crucifixion, you know, giving instructions, sending people out, um, right. and they, and them obeying. So, you know, again, he, he, he's not, um, calling someone. I mean, if you look at Mary's backstory a little bit, like definitely as far as like a qualification standpoint, he definitely had to qualify her. You know, he called right, the right person at the right. No one time else was going to qualify her. Right. No That's one right. else. No so, man was going to qualify her. So he, regardless of everything that she'd been through in her life, he still found ways to use her in ministry. And this is just another example of that. And and him sending her out when he probably knew full well she wanted to be right there with him. Um, I can only imagine being in her place and and you know, you you get from the scripture that there is a lot of care and concern having been around Jesus um during his time on earth and just wanting to be in his presence and to continue to learn from him and just to soak up the stuff he's saying and doing and and all of that. And, and so for for him to be like, hey, go tell the word and for her to leave to go do that it had to have been a, a a difficult moment for her to be like okay i i gotta do what he said i gotta go do it but i'd much rather be here like i can i mean because that's how i would feel you know if i'd been around jesus for that amount of time on earth hanging out with him every day watching him do all the stuff he was doing and mourning his death um and and then seeing him resurrected like i wouldn't want to leave his side again like come on um, but he sends her out and she willfully goes to spread the news to, you know, his, his brothers, his disciples, his students, um, that he's back and he's going to the father. And that's such an incredible, you know, again, and I was also reminded again of the great commission, you know, go, go spread the good news. Um, so there were many, many mm -hmm. things running through my head as you were kind of, uh, kind of breaking that down for everybody, um, that, that set of scripture there. Yeah. So, guys, this is a trajectory for all of us. We, in some way, shape, or form, are all sent out. Um, I would, I would encourage you to engage in discipleship and 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 know your calling, um, and and go to the Lord about these things. And yes, still do the work of the evangelist and still still be active in the faith while you're uh, figuring out vocation and and calling and all these things. Um, but when I'm trying to think of how because Heath. Um, we've talked about freedom, starting in a place of freedom from our teaching. So therefore we can impart and teach freedom. Um, that's a great place to start and to continue into, to the women and the men, right? Right. Um, and I would hope a woman teacher or preacher would, uh, start in a place of freedom and, and, and bless, uh, from a continuation of freedom and teach from there. So, but where does it end up? Like where, where does teaching everyone in the congregation end up? Because I actually think we've made the point, uh, at least in, in our session here, right. uh, more could be said and more could be the entire council of scripture, more can be refuted and, and discussed. But um, but when it comes to male and female in Christ, um, where should teaching end up? Where should what is the apostolic traject trajectory of teaching? What are you supposed to be teaching people into preaching people into pastoring people into so heath would you like to read us hebrews 5 11 through 6 6 5 11 6 6 you got it hebrews 5 11 says we have much to say about this 
but it is hard to make it clear to you because you no longer try to understand. In fact, though, by this time, you ought to be teachers. You need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Therefore, let us move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ and be taken forward to maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from acts that lead to death and of faith in God, instruction about cleansing rites, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, the eternal judgment, and God permitting we will do so. It is impossible for those who have once been enlightened, who have tasted the heavenly gift, who have shared in the Holy Spirit, who have tasted the goodness of the word of God and the powers of the coming age, and who have fallen away to be brought back to repentance. To their loss, they are crucifying the Son of God all over again and subjecting him to public disgrace. Keith, what are you getting what are you getting out of that? Like what sticks out? How could you yeah, how could you verbalize that? Well, as I finished reading that, all of a sudden I, I felt this incredible weight kind of hit me. Like there it, it seems to me that there's a sense of lack of substance. Um, you know, and forgetting what we're teaching and, and what we'd been taught basically in these, in this initial set of scripture here, the first part, you know, we're basically focused on the wrong stuff. We're looking at elementary truths. We're not looking at some of the bigger picture. We're not really getting the, the meat and potatoes, you know, we're kind of getting a little, a little snack, but not like a, a, a a fulfilling meal um to to help a us liquid do our job. liquid slight snack yeah definitely like milk that. yeah <laughs> not even a good snack in my opinion but a snack nonetheless um, a glass of milk Ooh. yeah i know that's exciting um and so so basically i think as he's moving into six here he's kind of instructing us you know okay we got to move past all this this the small stuff. We really need to be focused on more mature things. Um, you know, moving into, you know, laying on the hands, resurrecting the dead, on eternal judgment, on, you know, for me, I was hearing, um, you know, your eternal place in heaven, your eternal salvation, um, your eternal life. Um, you know, those words were just kind of ringing in my head as I was reading through this. So that's kind of the important aspect to me anyway, as, as I'm getting out of this, that our end goal as pastors and teachers is to be focused on discipling others, teaching others, but also being aware of the gifts moving around in our in our church um, and fostering those gifts, but also being mindful of the fact that the whole purpose of the Great Commission, what we're doing is to equip the saints to further spread the gospel, but also to ensure every person's eternal presence in heaven. That's good. Uh, further back in Hebrews 4, it says, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has gone through the heavens, mm. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. Hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin. Let us approach the throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. So I was just thinking about Jesus being our perfect high priest, 
and and how um like and then also how like that kind of incorporates with the elementary teaching about christ uh not laying again the foundation of repentance from acts that lead to death and of faith of god and instructions about baptisms so it seems as though i think there's a strong pattern here those who are distracted by doctrines of demons and men who would stifle anyone any way they could they would stifle anyone in the church from going further into christ as hard as they could they know their time is limited um and somewhere in the scriptures it's almost as the enemy is it says that the enemy desires to um mess around with time i'm butchering that a little bit but he desires to repeat things do things over again uh he's been trying to take over for a while okay so he's trying to really mess with you and i the believer okay um some of you talked about you know demons of delay you know uh I have noticed in the millennial generation, there are many, 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 many who have a call of God and who have practiced in maturity, not practiced in maturity, practiced in their maturity, in their faith. And, you know, they're 38, they're 40 years old, and they can't get hired anywhere. And that's not godly. (laughs) That's just not godly. That is a clinging on from the older generations hard. There's a, that's a byproduct of, uh, of um, well, no discipleship going on, but it's also of insecurity, right? I mention all that to say those who would cling on to such teachings about women not being teachers or preachers, and we agree with these people, we agree with these brothers and sisters that would teach that and, and keep continue that stuff. We agree with them that there's a familial, familiar, familial structure, clearly in Scripture. We're not disputing that at all. I'm just talking about what's the fruit of this. So in Scripture here, clearly, brothers and sisters, we have something that says that these teachings are milk teaching. I have noticed, Heath, that in these camps that would talk about this or, or, or enact this, or when asked questions about this, they would boldly say, you know, you know, we don't do women stuff here. Um, they're also sticking to milk topics. Right. They're also sticking to the gospel every single week. Do they not know that this Hebrews passage here is also the gospel? That's also the gospel. Do they not know that Deborah being a judge in Israel and being having a high spiritual office in Israel is not also part of the gospel? <laughs> she was a godsend. She was a godsend for the people of Israel. So, I mean, we could just go, we could go, we could go over that the whole time. Um, but the point is good discipleship and good apostolic teaching helps and enables, uh, permits even, allows even for that person to get into the weightier things. Paul says in 5.11, we have much to say about this, but it's hard to explain because you are slow to learn. Guys, this stuff that we're talking about, it's hard to explain. Like, why is this stuff hard to explain? This should not be. Hmm. (laughs) Um, In fact, though, by this time, you ought to be teachers. You need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. But, ooh, so... Hold up. There is something they do mention here that is meat. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not equated with the teaching, the teaching about righteousness. So this teaching they're referring to about righteousness, they're calling that, they're qualifying that as as at least a sub sandwich, not a glass of milk. (laughs) And, um, but solid food is for the mature who by constant use. So this is where 
I, this is where I always get this heat. Uh, but solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. So the mature practice, mature constant use. So us mature Christians get to the meat, get to the source, get to the sub sandwich frequently. And not only do we uh, intake the sub sandwich, but then we go off and burn off the sub sandwich. Okay. Therefore, let us leave the elementary teachings about Christ and go on to maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from acts that lead to death. Okay. I hear from these camps all the time. It's the gospel. It's only the gospel. You, uh, do they preach the gospel? Do they, do they, <laughs> once in every Sunday, you need to hear uh, Jesus died for your sins. And I don't belittle that, but Jesus died for your sins. And he rose from the dead. Who here would like to accept him as their Lord and Savior? Like, good. You're doing the work of the evangelist. You handed out a glass of milk, according to the writer of Hebrews. Good. Let them drink the milk. Some of them need milk. Apparently here, there's a lot of babes in Christ. Heath, do we see a lot of babes in Christ? Um, they're, they're everywhere. They are everywhere. <laughs> they are. They are and plentiful. We're, we're supposed to love them and love them up into Christ, right? We're supposed to give them the milk. We're supposed to lead them into maturity. We're supposed, we're supposed to teach them into teaching, teach them into teaching, teach them into being teachers. Um, instructions about baptisms. Eight, apostolic people, Pentecostal charismatic people. How many times do you hear about your instructions about baptisms? Baptists, how many times do you hear about the instruction about baptisms? There's a couple baptisms there I just listed. Spiritual yeah. baptism and physical baptism. Pick one. It's instructions about baptisms. Keith, you and I, we even talk about have fresh baptism. Yep. Hey, the, you know, you get baptized in this. You know, you receive this from the Lord. You get a fresh touch from the Holy Spirit. You know, you receive this from the Lord. Apparently, <laughs> milky. <laughs> milky okay uh laying on of hands hey charismatic pentecostal people we believe in the laying on of hands hams we believe in the laying on of, not don't <laughs> well, lay your hands on hams i'm just gonna say i do love a good ham so poor church contact <laughs> if you're laying on your brother's ham don't do that so um but you can lay on hands and expect healing, according to the book of James. Okay? Yes. Okay. We practice that. But here, that's a milky subject. The resurrection of the dead denominations who go again and bring, and, and churches that go again, go again to the resurrection of the dead. You will be resurrected. You're, you're resurrected now. You will be later. That's milky and eternal judgment. We don't even, I mean, everyone talks about that. And God permitting, we will do so. God permitting, if God permits us to move past these things, we will do so. So right now in Jesus' name, Lord, I ask that you would permit us, Lord, that we you would send either people to us or that you would give us the ability to raise the people you do give us in, in discipleship or, or or pastors. If you're praying with me right now, you, Lord, you would give us the opportunity to actually grow some of these people up past milk and into teaching and into meaty things in the scripture. In Jesus name, amen. Because amen. We, we will do so if you permit, Lord. And um, it is impossible for those who have once been enlightened who have tasted the heavenly gift. By the way, tasting the heavenly gift, that is that is a meaty subject there. Partaking of something heavy and heavenly um, through the scriptures, that is wading into meat and sub sandwiches. Who have shared in the Holy Spirit, who have tasted the goodness of the word of God and the powers of the coming age. Powers of the coming age. That is a meaty subject. You can talk about those things through the scriptures. Those are through the scriptures. You can systematically uh, uh, study these things. The reason why I say that is churches don't talk about some of this stuff. No, they don't. We don't talk about the powers of the coming age. 
We don't talk about what it actually looks like to do things as Jesus said, and greater uh, greater things will you do. Not only will you raise John the dead, 14, 12. not only will you cleanse the lepers, not only will you lay hands on people and cancer is going to disappear, not only will you do all these things, right, guys? Not only will you cast out demons, but you'll do greater things. So when do, when I haven't heard a greater things lesson ever. <laughs> when, are, when are we going to get the trajectory of greater things? That'd be a great lesson because you're right. It's not talked about anywhere, you know, and that's unfortunate. There's so Peter a- walking on water, was that a greater thing? <laughs> no for the audio listeners <laughs> I no. say for the podcast listeners head. that was a big no head shake michael just did uh. <laughs> so i have not yet walked on water heath i haven't had a need to really um i believe jesus had a need to get to the disciples right so he had a need to i haven't yet walked have, yet, heath have you walked on water i have not i haven't yet done all the things jesus did i've done some of them by his grace and his commandment to, telling me to do so right but i have not done all of them that's for sure and i i don't think i've done greater now he might correct me in heaven i don't know oh. though so right um but um yeah heath what do you got man that's so, that's our that's our scripture material there so the one thing that i wrote down as you were talking um you've got to be fed spiritually um there is such a need in the american church for this simple concept to feed the flock spiritually there are so many people in our churches that are starving for the word they're starving they're thirsty they're hungry they are famished because of the attacks in their life they're not being equipped to stand against the enemy and authority in Jesus, to combat these things, to be equipped to go do the basic components of the Great Commission, let alone greater things like healings and um, uh, deliverance. Why can I think of that word today? Deliverance deliverance um they're not they're not being equipped for those things they're not being equipped for discipleship they're not being equipped for any of these things and yet we we see uh specifically in the united states that there is a church culture that is lacking that is it's just matter of fact one of the words i had earlier um there there is somebody in our listening audience um you've been going to mom and dad's church or maybe even grandma's church I don't, i'm not sure which it is but you've been going to a church and you're not getting spiritually fed and you've been feeling for a while that you needed to branch out but you've been trying to honor that grandparent or that parent and continue to attend where they're going um this is your sign that you need to start looking elsewhere because you've got to be fed spiritually so you can step up you can level up um in this battle and you can do great things because god has great things for you um and i felt that so strong earlier that that i don't know who you are where you're at but i i respect you and i and i give you the grace for wanting to honor your your parent or your grandparent whichever one it is but there is a greater need in the kingdom right now for you to step out and step away from that and find that church that's going to feed you good spiritual things those big hefty t-bone steaks those big sub sandwiches um your eternal life depends on it yeah, yeah that's... <laughs> any teaching any teaching from any church that keeps uh butts in pews and doesn't empower them eventually in the right proportion in the right faith and the right grace to 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 get out there in power in the power of the holy spirit and minister if you're not sending people out 
what are you doing? Right. Like, if you're not doing discipleship, what are you doing? Um, if the entire church tomorrow started doing discipleship biblically, like Elijah and Elisha, like Jesus and the disciples, Heath, I mean, just imagine what would happen yeah. if we opened up our hearts to discipleship opportunities uh, that the Lord sends our way, not not anyone else. The Lord makes these appointments happen. Right. And you just have to be ready to obey. You have to be ready to receive an appointment. It may not be for a long time. Right. But it it but it can be. It can be for, you know, it could be a Paul and Barnabas season. Or it could be a Peter and Paul season. They didn't have they didn't have a long season. He was visiting Peter. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. And it's, you know, we our our churches have done such a disservice um to believers by not equipping through discipleship by not equipping through um groups and teachings that actually give you the the spiritual machetes and the nunchucks and the armor and all the things to go out and do battle and to cast out demons and to heal the sick um there are very few churches in my life that i've been to matter of fact i can think of one <laughs> you know maybe two um that have even remotely talked about these things with any kind of seriousness other than just like a brief whoop it's there but we're just going to kind of skip that part because we got somewhere else to go um there are very few churches talking about this stuff and so um i i felt initially as i started seeing some of these things taking place in my life and some of these teachings and trainings and of appointments from the lord and you know level up from the lord and all the things that have gone on in my life in the last couple of years you know i felt very heartbroken for the younger me and it was no wonder it was very easy for me to accept jesus at a young age in high school you know middle school high school and then get sidetracked and be this lukewarm christian not even a lukewarm i don't even think it was warm um as far as my my faith was concerned you know i was definitely a a ceo you know the the uh, christmas christmas and easter onlys um but to, to think <laughs> i've never heard that before yeah <laughs> ceo yeah ceo um so i was definitely one of those um, but to think about how effective of a weapon I could have been in God's army, had I have gotten some of this instruction, you know, years ago, 30 years ago, um, as opposed to three years ago. I mean, this is just, it, it saddens me. Like I, I could have been serving in a different way this whole time. I could have been talking about Jesus this whole time because I'd been equipped, because I'd been taught, because I'd been led by example and I wasn't. Um, and that's, and that's sad that we have a lot of folks in those kinds of churches. So again, you know, that's why we say the things we say here. We want to give you biblical truths. We want to equip you to be able to handle life on the mountain where you're at. Because well, and, and I would also say that in, in today's church, someone who would want to be discipled um, or, you know, and, and usually those people go off to Bible college sometimes, but someone who is like seeking something different than even Bible college and wanting to be discipled and, and wanting wanting to have like a, a, a dad in the faith or something like that, something it's described different ways, but there's something to that person because they just emerged out of the multitudes of people who are not wanting to do that, uh, who are content with, with what's going on in their, in their faith walk. And, and so if you do listeners and watchers receive someone to disciple one, it's a huge compliment from God, yes. massive. 
that ye, that ye, uh, he would have you for a season direct and guide them in a, in a trusting, loving way, you know, not an abusive way. And that that person could receive something from you because Jesus said it is good for the teacher, for, for the for the student to be like the teacher, for, for the for the servant to be like the master. So this is a this is a kingdom principle that needs to happen. And yes, we go to discipleship all the time, but but this is also kind of the ministry of Rocky Mountain Revival Radios. This is a, a presentation of discipleship from the Rocky Mountain region out to the states and the nations. Yes. Like we this is in our blood. Um, I am a product of discipleship. And they were in, in that ministry, there were also women being discipled too. Mm-hmm. And and so um it's it's at the end of the day, it's not a it's not a uh to sum this whole thought up this whole episode up. It's actually not about if women should be allowed to speak or teach. It's if, are you allowing discipleship period and how that fleshes out? Right. Yeah. I can't top that. That's good. That's good stuff. Yeah. I, um, yeah, I got so many things racing through my head right now. Um, discipleship is so important guys. Um, and and we say it all the time and I'm going to keep saying it. Um, the importance of discipleship in this time, in this season, with everything going on in the world is so important um, to equip the saints. I I just, I keep hearing that phrase in my head, equip the saints, um, teach them in the way they're supposed to go. You know, this is all these, all these little, um, you know, catchphrasey things um, do have some strong biblical foundation. And there is such truth in that little, little one-liner, you know, equip them in the way that teach them in the way they need to go. Um, it's just, I can't even put it into words guys. Um, any final thoughts, Michael? Yeah, I think we need to pray, uh, for our listeners hearts, um, uh, just as an encouraging prayer that we could, um, receive and, and go out and be sent that the the great commission says that we would make disciples and that we would receive the opportunities and and appointments from the Lord to engage in discipleship or to disciple. And, um, uh, yeah. So Lord, Lord, I I just think for the spirit of evangelism, touching the listeners and, and, um, I could just see some examining their lives and be like, Hey, who was the last person I discipled? Like actually with open time, you know, open up the schedules, open up the wallets, open up the, the property, open up the meal plan and doing life together in a in a purposed and yet loving discipleship friendship relationship and lord i just i just bless these hearts i know with a simple yes you would send them someone who could use a living epistle a living gospel a living example of jesus's love to come to where we were at he came to where we were at and he tabernacled with us and and he and he discipled us and we became his disciples and lord that we would be like christ and do the same and meet people where they're at and love pe- love people despite all their flaws where they're at and that they would see the the love and light and life of God and and Lord that we can impart spiritual gifts Lord that we can impart our peace as Matthew 10 and Luke 9 instruct us that we could that they would receive our peace and that our whole household will be changed because just one received Christ and discipleship and that they would be baptized in the Holy Spirit that they would go through the scriptures that they would do life together Lord it is so much more than a one-liner about women or about just teaching or about just preaching. Thank you, Lord, 
for living it out for us. Thank you, Lord, for coming in the flesh and being an example for us, the example for us in the flesh, because that's the best news of all, because our our flesh and our lives actually need real change. And the very fact that you are a perfect high priest and you actually came in the flesh as uh, 2 John says, Lord, then we can accept you and we can deny Antichrist, meaning we can actually have real change in our lives and not uh, uh, prop up and accept the false gospel of something that doesn't actually change our lives because your grace is not cheap. It actually is expensive and it changed and it changes. It changed everything and it changes people. So Lord, we just want to walk in your grace. We actually want to move in you live in you uh as 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 acts 17 20 says 27 says we just want to just as you are in the father we desire to experience being in you and moving in you being in you and moving in the scriptures you are the scriptures you are the word of life you are the word that became flesh lord we want to experience you deeper in the scriptures we want to live and move and breathe and have our being in the scriptures, in you as you are in the Father. So, Lord, I just bless this broadcast today, this this uh, RMRR teaching part two. Lord, I pray that this teaching and something that the Holy Spirit would just speak to everyone, Lord, that would just really touch them. And, Lord, we know that the Holy Spirit is around because one of his main job is convicting of sin. Lord, so remove the cowardice. I see the Lord removing cowardice right now. Just reach up and give him your cowardice. In fact, if you feel like he's far away, chuck it at him. The word of God says, cast your cares, chuck your cares, throw your cares on him because he cares for you. Cast all anxieties, throw them. Cast your cowardness, cowardice, chuck up, surrender it, throw it at him. He takes that as a surrender too. He's a good catch. He's the best wide receiver, American Football League people, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> He's the best wide, rece- wide receiver ever he he can he'll if you throw it at him he'll catch it no problem and he'll forget about it too so lord just thank you we just thank you for removing cowardice in people's hearts and lord i thank you that you're inserting boldness in people's hearts it does take boldness to talk to someone yes in a discipleship arena and, to, and for that relationship to get started that's that's bold and so lord thank you for giving right now to our listeners and our viewers boldness yes in jesus mighty name amen amen you know, as you're praying, and it's it's weird that this verse popped into my head, but I'm going to share anyway. Um, Galatians 5.14 says, For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, to love your neighbor as yourself. Um, and I think mm. that's a theme that we try to bring into every show, um, that you know we encourage everyone to act out of a place of love, um, to exhibit that one quality of Jesus. And I think... Thank you, Holy Spirit. Um, that that ties in perfectly with the fact that we don't ever like to close a show without making sure that our listeners have an opportunity to get to know Jesus, to get to know his perfect love, his perfect teachings, his perfect grace, um, his encouragement, his desire to see you be successful in whatever he's called you to do. And so if you don't have that relationship with him, we we encourage you. Um, it's never too late. Doesn't matter what you're caught up in. Doesn't matter what you've done. Uh, doesn't matter what you've thought. Doesn't matter where you've been. Um, because even, even in a moment on the cross, the man next to him didn't say, hey, I accept you. He said, Lord, remember me in heaven. And with that simple act of acknowledgement, Jesus said, surely you'll be with me in heaven. And so it's not too late. 
okay? So if today's the day for you to make that decision, um, we want to encourage you to do so. We're going to uh, go through a little prayer with you uh, because that's all it is, just an acknowledgement that, hey, I've made some mistakes, and Jesus, you're the, you're the only way in my life right now. You're the best way in my life right now. Um, so with heads bowed and eyes closed, unless you're driving, because we know there are smart dogs in the audience, don't be closing your eyes while you're praying and you're driving. You can still pray, though. So repeat after me. We'll do this together. Um, say, Dear God. Dear God. I know that I have sinned. I know I've sinned. But I believe. But I believe. That Jesus died in my place. Jesus, you died in my place. And God, you raised him from the dead. God, you raised him from the dead. Jesus, I confess. Jesus, I confess. You are Lord. You are Lord. Please be the Lord of my life. Please be the Lord of my life. Wash away my sin. Wash away my sin. And give me the power to follow you. Give me the power to follow you. Amen. Amen. Now, again, if you said that simple prayer, we believe you were born again. And we'd love to share in that with you. Don't keep it to yourself. Share it with somebody. Um, if you've got no one to share it with, you can share it with us. You can write us at prayer at rmr.live. And we'd be happy to celebrate with you and welcome you to the family. And, of course, the reason we tell you to share that is because we want to encourage you in your walk. We want to partner with you in your walk. Because the devil wants nothing more than to discourage that walk and get you off the path. And you made a decision. You made an intentional decision today. So get yourself into a good Bible-believing, Bible-teaching, Holy Spirit-filled church so that you can stay the course. And if you don't have one of those in your area, then you can write me at host.heath at rmr.live and I would be more than happy to partner with you to help you find a church in your area, um, to help you plug in so that you're going to get the skills and the tools that you need to stay the course, to continue your pursuit of Him, to get closer to Him, and to experience His love, His grace, His healing, um, and just all the amazing things that comes with a relationship with Jesus. And with that, guys, this, again, did not go the way saw this show going, and I'm so glad that the Holy Spirit had a better plan and a better idea. Um, I want to thank each and every one of you for joining us today. And as a reminder, if you like the show and the show's content, we encourage you to share it with your friends, your family, your loved ones, because sharing is caring, guys. Sharing is caring. Um, I also want to remind everybody really quickly that we are about to enter our second season on the show. Um, next month, June 2nd, we'll mark our anniversary and we'll begin our second season. So we're really excited about that. Thank you, everybody, for joining us along the way um, as we've grown and learned and, and put out some better content with some better audio and some better things. And we're we're only moving to do more and that is not able to be done without our partner so yes i'm doing the ending a little different today too um if you if you if this ministry has blessed you in any way um and again it's never my favorite thing to to talk about money but sometimes we got to do these things um there are links to donate to the show if you feel led to do so on the website down below i'm going to pop up some stuff on the screen um, we do have some needs within the ministry for some from different equipment uh to enable us to do some better quality shows better quality audio um things like that as well as uh we've talked about the store there's some some costs associated with that and so there are some internal ministry things that that we're um 
uh, we're trying to meet, as well as uh, some of the other opportunities here locally through Redemption Squad and some other things where, uh, you know, we are donating part of our proceeds to some of those things as well. So again, if you feel led to donate, uh, links on the screen and down below. And remember, guys, to check out rmr.live for all the latest information and updates about the show. Like and subscribe to the show's YouTube and Rumble pages. Follow us on the socials, Facebook, Twitter, tr Twitter, 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 and Truth. Um, Twitter, <laughs> I can't even now. You know, you know the things I'm trying to say, and they're on the site. The links are there. Go follow them. <laughs> <laughs> podcast listeners thank you very much for joining us every week we had some new blips again on the map this morning so we thank you for that you guys are just tuning in and turning up uh, some of these episodes so we thank you for that there is a complete comprehensive list of our providers uh, in the show description below and of course on the show archive uh, page on the website let's see I think that's that's all the housekeeping things remember guys to get yourself into a good Bible believing Bible teaching Holy Spirit led church plug into groups and discipleship opportunities and serve in any way you can thanks again for joining us have a great week be blessed Thank you for listening to Rocky Mountain Revival Radio.